Hello and welcome. This is the Yoga Revolution podcast. My name is Jeevana Heyman. My pronouns are he and him. This podcast is an exploration of how we can live yoga right now and how we can apply the yoga teachings in our lives. We'll discuss the intersection of yoga and social justice, as well as how to build a practice that supports our activism. All my guests are contributors to my new book, Yoga Revolution, Building a Practice of Courage and Compassion. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to this episode of Yoga Revolution podcast. I'm so excited to have a special guest today, Ron Bowen. Hey, Ron. Hello. How are you? Good. Thanks for being here. Um, I wanted to introduce you more, though. I wanted to read your bio. Um, so let me see. I just have it over here. So Ron uh, is a longtime student of yoga and meditation. He has an insatiable curiosity about these practices and how they can help people in their daily lives and in overcoming adversity. Ron's interest in these practices deepened after being diagnosed with stomach cancer and subsequently having his stomach removed in 2015. He found these practices helped him cope cope with the emotional difficulties of a terminal misdiagnosis and aided in his recovery. Ron teaches yoga at Garden of Yoga, a home-based studio he runs with his wife and partner, Joe Stewart. Together, they host a Flow Artist podcast in which they speak to teachers and thinkers about yoga, meditation, social justice, and more. And you can find them at podcast.flowartist.com, which we'll put in the link for the show notes and everything. And I've had the... Um, amazing opportunity of being your guest on your podcast, which is really, really fun. So anyway, Ron, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And also thanks for writing uh, such a wonderful book. I've been uh, really enjoying it so far. Um, actually, before I do start, I did want to quickly um, acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where where I'm based mm -hmm. here in Melbourne, uh, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Um, and we love to honor uh elders and leaders emerging past and present mm, that's awesome and your pronouns are he and him we could say that too right we can actually uh, i'd like to add another one to that it's yeah sure. yeah um i'm yeah we can go into this a little bit later but i'm i'm i guess i'm rediscovering my maori heritage um lately and uh the the pronoun ear means he or she so um it's mm. it's immediately my preferred pronoun <laughs> wow that's amazing and the maori yeah you say it say it again correctly because i'm sure i say it wrong maori maori yeah maori yeah the maori people are indigenous to um australia and new zealand uh, just new zealand correct? just new zealand, just new zealand. I'm, I'm a guest okay, here so in australia <laughs> you're a guest in australia i see so it's indigenous to new zealand yeah sorry about that so yeah we know very little over here uh, in the u.s i don't know <laughs> we're so naive but um <laughs> yeah i'd love to hear more about that actually well, what I've been doing in these um, podcast interviews is having the contributors to the book read the um, read what they've contributed, actually, which has been a great way to launch into the conversation. So I wonder if you don't mind reading that section you wrote. Absolutely. My stomach was removed around five years ago due to stomach cancer, and I find that I hold a lot of tension in the area where my stomach used to be. In my yoga practice, I'm able to recognize this fact, soften and sit with it. Facing death made me really sit with the questions of what is important in this life. Taking action to help make this world a better place 
is one of the answers that came through. Our love of yoga inspired me and my wife, Joe, to start the Flow Artist Podcast, which has been a connecting thread between us and some incredible activists, artists, and authors who also practice yoga. Sharing their work with the world is both an act of service, but also enriching for us as humans, encouraging us to question and look within, just as we do on the mat. Hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot in there. I wonder, I mean, you know, the, I think the main topic you talk about is facing death. And I, I put this section in the chapter on death, actually, um, death as the ultimate teacher. Um, I wonder, would you mind sharing more about that experience just a little bit um, and how you're doing now, I guess? Yeah. We're all yeah. curious. Um, not a problem. So, um, in 2015, I, I was experiencing a bit of, actually it goes back to probably 2014, I was experiencing a bit of stomach pain, a bit of discomfort. Um, I actually went to a GP who at that time actually said, oh no, what, what you're experiencing is pretty common, don't worry about it. Um, and I know I didn't enjoy that experience with him very much at all. I don't think he listened to me. Um, so I, I pretty much just went on as normal for a while, maybe a few months. Um, and then Joe persuaded me to see her doctor. Um, and uh, she, this, this doctor um, was a lot better. She, she actually listened to my concerns. Um, initially, she thought I might have uh, uh, an uh, infection. So I, I got some tests for that. That actually came back positive, but I got treated for that. It did nothing. Uh, I had a few more tests. Um, I had some ultrasounds. Um, ultimately, she uh, sent me a referral to a gastroenterologist and I had an endoscopy and colonoscopy uh, and that's when they found there was a uh, seven by three or four centimeter uh, tumor in my stomach. Um, and mm. I was told that my stomach would have to be removed, which is wow. um, obviously not the sort of thing you want to hear. And at that time, I didn't even realize that uh, having stomachs removed was a thing that happened. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, I guess you could say it was a, a bit of a shock. Um, but, you know, um, I had I had a few um, chemotherapy sessions, um, you know, in pre preparation for the surgery. They, they wanted me to sort of bulk my weight up in anticipation of not having a stomach anymore. Um, but mm. right, right at the last minute I was set to have um a a scan just before they do the surgery so that they can have a last look at things before you go in and the test came back that uh there was some cancer had moved to my lungs so I was therefore inoperable um the the wow. surgeon I, I I don't think delivered the news to me very sensitively or well at all he he sort of said mm. oh just just go to the pub um have a drink what? yeah <laughs> yeah um and, oh. and and he also said something along the lines of oh this test it's 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 95 it's basically 100 percent accurate um wow but fortunately I was, I was also getting treatment as well as seeing the surgeon i was getting treatment at peter mccallum cancer institute and uh they're, they're pretty wonderful there 
um, and they, uh, the oncologist there said I should get a, a, another test just to confirm the results of the first one. And um, that was scheduled for two weeks later. But um, in, in that in that two weeks time, I was pretty much dead set sure that um, life was over. <laughs> um, wow. So, you know, wow. I had a bit, a bit of time to, to think about that. But, you know, ultimately, I, mm. I came out very, very lucky. Um, that test came back, said, you know, there was no cancer in my, my lung. Um, I mm. went and had wow. the surgery. It was, you know, it was, it was obviously a, a difficult time, but um, I got through it with the, the support of a lot of people. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here with us now, um, five or six years yeah. later. Wow, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing it. And and that moment, you just said like you, you had two weeks where you thought that was it, you know, and then I wonder, it seemed like, it seemed like that really impacted you that moment, that, that time. Yeah. I wonder if you could say more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, though, I, another thing I'd like to mention, I think the hardest part of that time was actually going home and uh, mm. having to call up my, my family in New Zealand um, and, yeah. and tell them the news. And I just remember I, I had to um, go through each family member um, on the phone and, mm, and tell them the news. And, and my mum uh, has dementia, so I had oh. to tell her a couple of times. <laughs> Oh, no. um, so um yeah that that, that was oh. um quite hard but um in, in that two weeks yeah I had a lot of time to to think about it I I happened to be uh reading a book that was sort of on I can't remember the title of the book right now but it was it was about um different phases of life it was about um it was about consciousness and 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 sleep and and being awake and and death and there was a bit of a meditation on death so i remember practicing mm. that a few wow. times and i i wow. yeah i don't i you know there are there are a few times i couldn't continue that meditation because it was a bit too much um emotionally um yeah yeah so you know imagining i guess the your own demise is, is not <laughs> the most pleasant experience, but it's mm. something I'm glad I, you know, I tried or perhaps I should continue that practice. But um, it was definitely a time where I had a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. I know you said, you said in that quote, you said uh, facing death made me really sit with the questions of what is important in this life taking action to help make the world a better place is one of the answers that came through. So that seemed like a clear message, you know, that, you know, how did that, what did that, what did that feel like? That, that was, was it just that you really felt loving towards other people or what was, what came through for you exactly? I guess, I guess it, you know, I, I feel like um I've always, I guess felt loving towards other people I what well, at least I hope so but <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's not always true even at the, <laughs> the best of times but you know I I guess I was I was in a in a job at that time that was making me unhappy um mm. I was um 
you know, obviously it was before I lost my stomach. I was a lot larger than I am now and, and maybe not as, well, obviously not as healthy because I had a giant tumor in my stomach. Mm. Um, mm. Um, so it did seem obvious to me that uh, things needed to change. So, you know, I, I, I do have to say, even though my work life wasn't that pleasant um, and possibly helped lead towards my my illness um they did support me a lot through um my treatment um which i'm very grateful and thankful for um but at the same time i also was very fortunate that i have a wife who's an amazing yoga teacher um yeah and joe uh actually after after my surgery she helped work out a program for me and um uh you know of of pilates and yoga and other exercises and and meditation and i actually think that without that my recovery would have been a lot more difficult Mm. um Mm -hmm. so yeah i guess it had the effect of bringing me to yoga and i think a few months after my surgery i I actually decided to do a yoga teacher training so i see okay so it it really like um motivated you to become a yoga teacher would you say absolutely definitely yeah and i know you teach i I love your chair yoga that you do online oh thank you (laughs) what else are you teaching what else is that what you're doing um we are doing that at the moment obviously um melbourne's been i think we're officially in the longest lockdown in the world over here so um everything is is online at the moment um so we're we're offering a few classes um so our our schedule is a bit lighter um than than it would normally be um so I'm fortunate that I do have another job. Um, and mm-hmm. as I was saying to you earlier, that's in the social enterprise realm. So I'm glad that I'm able to do work that is hopefully of benefit to people there as well. Um, but um, yeah, we, we've, I guess we've been teaching our, our chair yoga, a little bit of um, gentle yoga. Um, we, we also teach aerial yoga at the studio and, Oh, yeah. I, I think that's got a bit of a reputation of being quite, I guess, um, a pretzel-y type of yoga. <laughs> um, uh-huh. but, but we 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 prefer to use the the supportive elements um, that the the hammock can bring. Um, you know, you can feel really nurtured just lying in the hammock. So that's that's um, something that we we really like to do as well. That's amazing. I mean, I maybe we could talk a b- bit more about that because I do think um, what you're doing, what you and Joe are doing with um, that aerial yoga is quite unusual. I mean, usually aerial yoga is quite acrobatic and mm-hmm. I know that you're trying to make it a, a prop that people can use to make the practices more accessible. So is that right? Is that you? Yeah, absolutely. People with those slings? Is that Absol- what they're called? Slings? Um, uh, I think there mean? are slings that that's slightly different um we we use a an aerial uh silk hammock which is um silk hammock which is technically not actually silk um it's a it's a um <laughs> artificial fabric but uh, um mm-hmm. but it is i guess um a little bit more comfortable um what well, can be used a little bit more comfortably 
comfortably. So it's essentially a, a piece of um, silk or fabric that is suspended between um, two points, mm. um, which is uh, suspended from the ceiling. And, and it can be at various different heights. It's commonly at, say, waist height, or you can even, even have it right down close to the to the floor. So, and you can use it to support various parts of the body. And what I also like is that you can, I guess, use it for support and say standing postures, if, if that's where you're at. And then um, you can gradually take that support away. So it's it's sort of a, a nice way of regulating, um, you know, uh, people's mm. support and letting them, I guess, regulate the amount of, of, of challenge that they want to feel. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, also, I want to talk about the podcast a bit, because I mean, that's how I got to know you. And you just you, you have a really, um, I don't know, a very nice podcast that feels very welcoming, and yet you address really challenging issues. And I wonder if you could talk about how that how did that get started? Oh, thank you. Well, um, I guess uh, as I was doing my yoga teacher training, uh, this is a bit of a yeah. funny story. As I was doing my yoga teacher training, obviously I'm learning a whole lot of uh, new, fun and interesting stuff about yoga. And um, when when I get interested and curious, I um, I, I guess I, I, I did tend to ask Joe a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> um, maybe often when... Uh, uh, she was ready to go to sleep for the evening. <laughs> um, okay. And, um, you know, we, um, but we, we thought, it, well, I've always wanted to start a podcast. I, you know, I've been listening to podcasts for years and years and, um, and I'd, I'd never really had a subject that, um, you know, I thought I could talk about, but then I brought the subject up with Joe and, and she thought it was a great project and you know it's, it's i i think it's also great to have a project that you can work on with with your partner which is you know kind of a, mm-hmm. a little bit creative and um um and interesting and um so yeah we we started off we you know we obviously know a lot of yoga teachers in in the melbourne scene so we we wrote up a list of people that we wanted to speak with and then uh, gradually through talking to people, we learned about more people and um, mm. the, that circle of, of friends gradually got bigger and bigger and until uh, uh, you became one of, of our new friends. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's been a great opportunity for us to, I guess, just connect with a whole lot of different inspiring people and, and yeah, become friends with them. And I mean, has it changed the way you think of yoga, like oh, doing the podcast? I mean, I'm sure you've learned a lot. Definitely, definitely. And really, it was through the podcast that we learned about the accessible yoga movement um, mm-hmm. and including yourself. Yeah. So, and and now it's really a big part of, I guess, our entire um, philosophy. So, yeah, it's mm. it's been a, a great inspiration in that regard, and and also we you know we moved, um, you know we both believe in social justice, so you know we've been talking to a lot of people in those realms as well, and um, I guess um, you know gradually we've we've moved a little a little bit away towards the yoga world, though not completely, but you know we're we're speaking with um, psychologists and. 
um mm. and um more recently um well you know this is relevant for me but um the our next episode that's going to come out is with a um a doctor an, an oncologist who specializes in exercise science so um oh, wow. yeah so it's sort of been a really interesting way to i guess explore our interests and in, and in the things that we want to bring out into the world and mm. another thing i have to mention is that through the podcast i i have to say you know joe is is an amazing interviewer in in my opinion um she's <laughs> I, I tend to hang hang back a little bit but um i think joe is um just just really amazing and skilled at, at you know yeah. um doing that whole thing because it it's scary. hard not to have her here with us today i know i know i feel bad actually <laughs> oh no i'm sorry joe well I, i'm i'm you know i think it's nice to focus on your story too i feel like you know, I just love that message that you shared. And I, I'm very interested in, you know, il illness and disability and death. I mean, to be honest, so, you know, I was always very intrigued by that aspect of your story and your life. And I'm so grateful that you shared that with us and for me and let me share it in the book. Um, that was really powerful. And I, I just think, you know, to me, I don't know if I can go back to talking about death a little bit, but I just, I would say that I, I think there's such an important relationship between the yoga practices and death. And mm -hmm. I feel like most people are just, I don't know what, just avoid that or unwilling to look at it or afraid of it. And mm -hmm. I, I'm afraid of it too, actually, to be honest, but, but I know it's there. You know, I know that mm -hmm. I think about in the most simple way that we pretty much end almost every class with Shavasana, which Absolutely. is pose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like corpse pose is not a coincidence. I mean, it really is about like, reflecting on your relationship with the body right mm, absolutely um, and i, I actually yeah. remember saying um this is before i was teaching yoga but i remember uh at, at my at my work we actually had a um yoga class every every week and i remember saying uh someone said the word shavasana and i said ah corpse pose and and they just giggled <laughs> like oh how silly uh, uh -huh. <laughs> i was like well no that's um that's actually <laughs> Yeah. something to reflect on there i guess but yeah, yeah yeah um and i i actually remember during uh my whole um cancer experience if i guess you can call it that uh i remember a few times the, a local teacher a local studio actually gave me free classes the entire time i was unwell for which i'm mm. grateful and that's another thing the the community um aspect of yoga is, is you know mm -hmm. in many aspects i've found very supportive um but i do remember many times lying in shavasana um during that time where i thought you know um uh, that i was going to die um mm. i just just lying in shavasana crying <laughs> um, oh. i don't know why i'm laughing about that but yeah oh well it seems like it, it's um it's powerful. Like, it just seems like there's a lot of, mm, I imagine just a lot around that, you know? Mm, and I, yeah. I, I do feel grateful that I had that time to really just take yeah. that time to really be there and think about it. And do you think that's, that, that impacts the way that you teach now? Do you think? Um, I guess 
in a way. I mean, I think I think there is that thought that um, you know, we are all going to die and and I guess another thing that that helps remind me is that, you know, this was my journey um and it was wasn't the most pleasant of experiences, but ultimately we're all going to have a journey like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Right. I mean, we're all on that journey, actually. It's just some of us are in denial about it. And maybe we have more time, you know, to mm. be in denial. But eventually uh, we're all going to die. And I think that's that's been a lesson for me in yoga. Mm. Um, you know, because I, I, I came back to yoga when I was an AIDS activist and had so many people in my life dying of AIDS. And, mm. you know, it just was so helpful to see those teachings and the discussion of death. So, you know, just right out there um, as an essential part of the philosophy that, you know, the basic idea that the body and the mind dies, but that part of us doesn't die. You know, mm. that, that's what yoga is about in a way is like connecting to that part of us that's eternal the spirit or whatever you want to call it. And that just gave me such relief when I was around so many, especially young people, like young gay men that I was friends with and, um, you know, that were dying just, ugh, just so early. It just, mm. it was just unbelievable. Yeah, that must have been yeah. quite a challenging time for you. Yeah, I mean, but it but it really um, pushed me to explore yoga more deeply because I realized I needed some, I needed to understand this better. I, it just was to me. It felt like uh, um, I don't know, like yoga offered answers that no one else or nothing else really offered. You know, it's <laughs> it's. Death is something that um, is hard to speak about and address without spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have much of a spiritual practice before that. And yoga really helped give me some sense of a connection with something beyond the body mm-hmm. and beyond the mind. Um, so I was really grateful to that. And that always inspired my teaching um, to want to share that with others, you know. Mm. Because eventually we're all going to die, like we said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess, you know, the, the conclusion you've got to make, it, if we are all going to die, we're all going to go through this this journey, then, you know, the, the only choice you can make is to be compassionate with people. And I think that's um, mm. something that you've, you've definitely taught me, um, mm. you know, the value of compassion and, and that how that is just essentially the the bedrock of of accessible yoga mm-hmm. yeah i appreciate that i i think it's the bedrock of yoga actually because Absolutely. i think um yeah it, it, to me compassion is almost just like the the feeling that comes up around that teaching i was sharing about before like this the, the teaching that we have the spiritual nature and that and that and that that spiritual nature is the same in all of us right that we all share that same essence no matter what our life is like what our bodies or minds are, are like and what our experience is like which are all so different and diverse but we have this essential connection and so to me compassion often arises from this feeling of wow i i'm i could be in their shoes like i feel that i'm 
you know, we're connected. Um, mm -hmm. And that connection, I think it's a good, it's also a form of spiritual bypassing. You know, we go there too quickly, right? Sometimes we just skip over the differences um, and go right to what's all the same. But I do feel like in the end, seeing that connection and feeling compassion towards others helps me connect with the truth of who I am. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, how do you feel these days around your own death? Or is that something that you think about? Well, I guess, um, I guess with the, the, the advent of COVID, um, yeah, um, right. death, death is, um, something we, we think about a lot, I guess, um, you know, at the same time, as I mentioned, we, we've been in, in lockdown for quite a while. So, you know, there's sometimes the things just come back to the day to day of how am I going to get through this week? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, fortunately, I feel like we're, we're in a, an okay position. But no, absolutely. Um, death is something... I guess I worry about not just my own death. Um, you know, my, mm. my family, um, you know, my yeah. dad's been having health issues. Um, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, my, my mum um, has dementia and that's, that's gotten pretty advanced at the moment. So, and they're in New Zealand, which at the moment I, I can't actually, um, if I oh, do yeah. go there, I, I face probably a two week quarantine each, each wow. side. So, um wow. that's that's a, a bit of a i guess an issue but um yeah death is is something i worry about um you know and we're at the moment in in victoria i think we've got which this is probably nothing compared to what you guys are experiencing over in the states but i think we're up to around um 2000 new cases a day and um uh, they're just trying to get as many people vaccinated as possible before we open up, which is probably going to be around early um, or mid-November. And so I guess, oh, wow. you know, um, largely in Australia, we've been relatively free of, of COVID, but I think it's going to be a new experience for a lot of people opening up into um, a world that is not free of COVID. <laughs> Um, mm. so yeah, I think that's something I've been thinking about. There's a possibility that people that we might know, you know, be affected. So yeah. there's a, there's a whole lot of, you know, and, and also the, the, the prospect of, I guess, policing whether people coming to our studio are vaccinated or not. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a whole lot of issues that we, we, I guess, have to, think through and be very patient about so yeah it's yeah it's an interesting time yeah it really has been i mean it, it's for me it's reminded me a lot of the aids epidemic it's it's mm -hmm. a little different because i feel like back then there was very little government action at all in and even now in the u.s there's not as much as you're having there in, in australia but um you know it, it's some it feels at least like we're all facing this together right now in some sense, even though there's definitely like the anti-vax side or the pro-vax side, or whatever. But um, during AIDS, it was just like, I felt that, especially when it started in game with gay men getting sick, there was just no interest in supporting us at all. And mm -hmm. I think 
homophobia was really keeping people from addressing what was going on. Um, but it, you know, in a way, like what you're doing, what's what's happening there is a really very aggressive government response. And here we have the opposite. Like there's just mm-hmm. very slow. There, there's a lot of um, I don't know what people call it. This this idea that they want their freedom and their independence, so they push against any rules, even though they don't think necessarily of others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like conflating your individual freedom with what actual freedom is, mm-hmm. um, or service to your community. It's a bit frustrating. I mean, here I think we're still having. Let me see. Just yesterday, we had uh, over seventeen hundred deaths in the U.S. Wow, which is shocking. You know, I mean, it's like still happening, and yet you see very little going on. I mean, we have to wear masks in California. You have to wear a mask indoors, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Um, right. So, um, but we have had access to vaccines um, pretty quickly, so that's been a relief, and mm-hmm. I think that's happening there now. But yeah, it's been interesting to reflect on that, on illness and death during COVID. And, you know, I think I think we've seen again the way that people with chronic illness or disabilities are basically um, oppressed, ignored, mm-hmm. um, not not listened to, not supported, at least here in the US. Like that's that's been a sad thing to see through COVID again, just the way that I don't know what it is. Ableism works. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? Even even in here in New Zealand, I know that uh, every time they announce the 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 deaths of of people from COVID, they'll say uh, these amount of people had pre existing conditions, which is yeah kind of irrelevant, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that means it's okay that they died. Mm. Well, you know what does that mean? Mm. Uh, and and especially if you consider, I think, uh, you know, I think asthma is a pre-existing condition, and something mm-hmm. like you know, ten or eleven percent of people have asthma. So, yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, or something ridiculous. I, I don't quote me on that, but yeah, something rather high. But uh, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I have a pre-existing condition, <laughs> so yeah, right? Yeah, so we don't want you to die. No, no, we don't want anyone to die. No, we need to care for each other. And so that's the thing about getting vaccinated or wearing a mask is it helps to support other people. It helps keep other people safe, even if you're not worried about your own health. Um, you know, the idea of those kinds of actions are um, a way to be compassionate, to mm-hmm. be of service to others, which I think I try to talk about in the book actually a bit, but um yeah, I wonder what, anything else you want to talk about about your journey. Anything else that's coming to your mind around? Yeah, I guess yoga. Um, hmm. it's it's not necessarily. Well, I I feel like it somewhat relates to yoga. I guess as I mentioned before, I've been um going through a bit of a journey about um rediscovering my my Maori heritage. Yeah. Um, and as part of that, I've been uh trying to learn uh my Māori language, the um, te reo Māori. And, um, and that has actually been quite, quite a great experience for me. I guess, you know, I, I went back to New Zealand um, just in between lockdowns, essentially. And um, my, my dad was ill. My, you know, I, I had to uh, 
um, look after my mum for a little while there. And that was actually a wonderful experience. But at, at the end of that, also one of my great uncles passed away. So mm. just uh, just before I left, um, I got to go to um, my great uncle's funeral. We call him um, Tangi um, in New Zealand. And, um, you know, the way Māori culture, I guess, celebrates death is... Um, I wouldn't say unique, but um, it's essentially a, a, a three three days. The the deceased is is in in the fore in the in the meeting room, um, and everyone can gather around. And you know, it's three days of, of the family and and friends all gathering together and celebrating the life of the person who's passed away. Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate to to go well. I don't know if fortunate's the word, but um, mm. I feel fortunate that I was able to go back and experience a part of um, my life that I hadn't really since since I was um, quite young. And that led me to come back home and, and reflect on that. And so I, I, I've started learning Maori language and, and that opened up a whole lot of things because you know there's a lot of belief that having the the Maori language um enables you to to think Maori to um experience oh. te ao Maori um the, the Maori world which I think oh. is you know I'm still in my early stages but it's opening a lot for me because there's a lot of um, thought about nature and stewardship and and compassion and kindness and mm-hmm. and integrity and yeah so it's uh, it's it's really so far even though I'm pretty early on in my experience it's been quite a, mm-hmm. a wonderful learning and experience. and is there a lot of racism there in Australia um, Australia and New Zealand yes and New Zealand both yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I I would argue that um, the indigenous people of Australia have had things quite a lot worse but New Zealand is not without its its issues even though some may like to say that you know we you know we're great in New Zealand um it's you know my Uh experience has not been (laughs) that amazing and you know I mean at the same time we haven't experienced the level of racism in the United States I, I can imagine so mm-hmm. oh well it's all bad i mean it's, it's all bad yes <laughs> different yes different yes. versions of the same thing i imagine absolutely of, yeah of hate and bigotry and power like power taking away being taken away from you and i mean yeah well thanks for sharing that that's that's exciting what an amazing journey Mm. And how incredible that you have a chance to do that, to learn the language. and Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. and also, I think a part of that is because, um, you know, we've got this wonderful thing called the internet and there's so much amazing <laughs> um, moldy media that I can just uh, look up and, and, and learn about. And there's podcasts and there's um, apps and wow. all sorts. So, yeah, it's great. So I'm still a little bit um, scared to actually try and have a conversation with some of my relatives but um (laughs) um, yeah but um you know i'm getting there i'm getting there that's amazing yeah i've actually been studying spanish in lockdown just because i i actually speak some french but i've in california there's so many people who speak spanish there's like such a huge like right here around here there's a huge latino population and i just feel like i want to be able to speak with them 
mm-hmm. you know, and not expect people to speak English with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of where you're at, which is like, I have, I feel like I know enough, like I can understand if someone speaks really slowly, mm-hmm. but only maybe a part of it. And I'm afraid to speak. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's a bit of a bit of a jump that one, isn't it? It's like, yeah. 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 I remember when I, I actually lived in France for a year and that was the key, like actually living there every day, day in and day out, having to speak French that, I mean, that did it. But then mm. once I came back here, it just slowly went away. Oh no. Oh so. no. I know it's sad. I think actually languages are a really great way to think differently. I love what you mm. said about that speaking in Maori would I hope I'm saying it right. Would help you think that way. I think it's like it's true that languages are structured based on culture, and I think mm. there is like a different way to think of the world almost mm. based on that language. It's quite amazing. Absolutely, and even like I said earlier, the the pronoun ear, um, you know, yeah. the, the not not being gendered. Though on the other hand, there will be very specific pronouns on um, this is my a male um, older sibling of a male yeah. or <laughs> but um mm-hmm. yeah no I, I think it's 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 very interesting and just a lot of things seem very logical and systematic to me in, in a weird way and um mm. I don't know I, I feel I know I feel like it's a very nurturing language. Amazing. That's amazing. Well you know I'm I'm Jewish so I should probably learn Hebrew honestly is what I should be doing. Um and when you talked about how you were sitting for three days um, when someone dies. Is that what you're saying? You sit mm, for three mm. days. Like it reminded me of actually Jewish tradition where you sit. I think it's a whole week. You sit Shiva oh, wow. for a whole week, seven days after someone dies. You just right. stay there. You don't do anything. Right. Uh, you just stay home. People can come visit you pretty much. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those traditions are quite interesting, aren't they? Mm, and, and kind yeah. of stark contrast to, of what is probably the the more commonly um practice um practice in in the western world today so yeah Mm -hmm. i think it makes you really you know just um being there and 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 you know sitting with the family sitting with the deceased for for that period of time it really changes the way you experience death i think yeah wow well, thank you so much. I mean, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and be able to ask you questions. Well, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I can't wait to speak with you and ask you some questions very, very soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're so nice. You get to invite me back, you know, which is very kind. But um, yeah, really, thanks. And thanks for, you know, contributing to the book. I really appreciate what you what you share there and sharing your story. And that is just such a powerful lesson for us, this idea of facing death and really learning from it. It's just very, very intriguing and inspiring to me. So oh. thank you. So oh. thank you, Ron. And and maybe we'll um we'll share a link to your podcast and mm-hmm. the website in the show notes. And yeah, I don't know. Anything else? Um I I think all I have to say is um yeah thank you for everything that you've done and and um thank you mm. for this wonderful book and you know um obviously there's a, a lot going on in the yoga world some of it not that pleasant um yeah but to to me and Joe I know that you you are someone that really inspires us and actually you know um 
is is something that uh, to me you, you know your movement is the the shining light of the the yoga world so thank you oh wow that's so sweet of you to say i, I really appreciate it and and actually the key word there being movement and i just want to say that you know i i think i get a lot of credit for a lot of people that are doing great stuff so <laughs> i want to give that credit to all of them you know and i think i just um i like to talk <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. Like <laughs> well, thank you, you do it well, so th thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you. And so do you, actually. And I love and People should really listen to your podcast. It's so awesome. Oh, thank you. Anyway, so um, say hi to Joe for me. Thanks so much for being here. All right. Take thank care. You. Bye. Thanks so much for listening and joining the conversation. Yoga is truly a revolutionary practice. Thanks for being here. If you haven't already, I would love for you to read my book, The Yoga Revolution, Building a Practice of Courage and Compassion. It's available wherever books are sold. Also, you can check out my website, jivanaheyman.com. There's some pre-classes on there and a meditation, and you can find out more about my upcoming trainings and other programs. Hope to see you next time. Thanks. Bye.